welcome to our podcast. <laughs> and okay. what's it called? So it's called Teacher's Pet. Have we been right. saying that? Yes, you've, you've said welcome to Teacher's Pet Podcast every time. So that, okay. Welcome to Teacher's Pet Podcast. I must admit that I am having a bit of an anxiety episode. So I took an anxiety pill. And I think throughout this episode, you will hear me loosen up significantly <laughs> as we go. So I don't know. I guess keep a lookout for that. Listen to Liv slowly stop freaking out a little bit. <laughs> Listen to me start to slur my words by the end. <laughs> Liv will be heavily sedated by the end of the episode. Girl, Sarah's going to have to carry me to bed after this, <laughs> I fear. Also, it is still Halloween. <laughs> and it's the coldest day of the year so far in North Carolina, or at least of, of the fall season. I'm sure it was colder in January, but, and it's rainy. And I feel so bad for all the kids because it was 80 degrees and sunny yesterday. And it's so gross out and it's rainy. So I know that they had to wear their long sleeve shirts and leggings under their no. costumes. A hoodie over the costume. A, pu- a puffer jacket over the costume is... Ugh. I hated that. Terrible. Literally god awful. I do feel like every human being is in a constant struggle competition and I'm getting a little tired of it. That's a good fucking point. I Where agree. it's like, it's like, oh yeah, it was cold this year on Halloween. And then someone else is like, yeah, well, one year I had to tromp over 20, like literally like two feet of snow and I kept falling and my cat got frozen. And it's like, oh my God, bitch. And like one year I had to chop off my own pinky toe because of frostbite. <laughs> I had to bite off my own toe. Yeah. I had to like, gnaw off my pinkies. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> like a little mouse caught in a glue trap. <laughs> Halloween. Do you have a favorite Halloween costume that you wear? Oh, oh my God. That's good. Um, Recently. Like in recent years, my favorite Halloween costume that I've done was unfortunately when me and an unnamed person went as Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. That was really because good. Because it that. was Your wig fucking ate. iconic. Your wig A. We nailed it. I drew all of the tattoo, all of Machine Gun Kelly's tattoos on the person who I dressed up with. And they were so accurate. It was yeah, incredible. It was really and did we eat. didn't even get like an actual single good picture. So there was truly no record of this costume. But that's very, very unfortunate because it was, I, I it was phenomenal. Of I bought, it I bought a good. wig. We yeah. like recreated their VMAs look exactly for very cheap too. We were that's thrifting. Cool. We were, I was unfortunately on Shein. Um, but this was like two years ago. Sometimes you have to be on Shein, unfortunately. Sometimes you do. And I did repurpose everything else yeah I reused the bodysuit that I bought last year for my Halloween costume yeah you were Taylor Swift in the I was Taylor Swift and I threw that costume together in within a week which was crazy because she like glued all the stones on yeah me and my friend did that it took us probably like four to six hours cumulatively it was a lot and they were half fallen off by the end of the night but it was worth it (laughs) what about you have you dressed up recently I haven't dressed up recently. The thing about me is when I was in college, I wasn't going to Halloween parties because I was experiencing horror. That's fair. Um, my, I was experiencing my own personal Halloween party every day. Period. Um, but I, last year, my boyfriend's dad had a Halloween party at their house. 
And my boyfriend and I like sort of dressed up. Like I wore like a witch hat and I put like a little witch outfit on. It wasn't like cute. The only thing I purchased was the witch hat and I mm-hmm. wore like dark lipstick, you know, whatever. Um, and Drew had put on like werewolf claws. And so we were like a little bit dressed up and we got to that party and no one else was dressed up even a little bit. And Damn. we were like feeling humiliated. We had our tails between our legs. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really awkward it wasn't like horrible because it was like people we knew so it didn't matter but it was just like ugh. right it was it was weird it was like a weird one year my our good friend and I went as quote-unquote buried bridesmaids and we thrifted like wedding slash like bridesmaids dresses from Goodwill oh my god and we like put on zombie makeup and her mom like teased our hair all up and we like stuck twigs in it and stuff and we were like zombie bridesmaids for Halloween and there is not a fucking picture of that of course anywhere and I am because we have never seen this or heard about this that's so we were it's lost to the universe, truly. And we have pictures of our other costumes, but we don't have buried bridesmaids. They're, it's gone. We Damn. were in, like, fourth grade, I think. Oh, my gosh. We were, like, little. My favorite Halloween costume from when I was a kid yeah. was, I want to say I was around the same age, probably, like, fourth or fifth grade. Okay. And I wanted to go as a hippie, like, so bad. God, that's so cute. And I think it was around the time we, I don't know if we talked about this on the pod before or if we even included it, but... I had Julie, the American Girl doll, and she was, like, from the 70s, and so she was kind of a hippie. It's so, it's Julie is something that can be so personal. Julie is something that can be so personal, and I don't know if this was, like, around the same time that I had just gotten Julie, or, like, maybe a year or two later, but I was really into, like, the, like, groovy aesthetic, you know what I mean? So cute, girl. The, like, peace sign and pink and green of it all. And, like, the flare jeans Exactly. Yeah. So, we, my mom was never a supporter of like go to spirit halloween and buy a costume so okay we went and bought like kind of individual things i had like a peace sign t-shirt perfect so i wore that and i bought some i got some bell-bottom jeans perfect and i did buy like john lennon glasses like little pink ones like with pink lenses and i bought like huge dangly earrings to wear and i was so excited about them because i had never worn like big earrings before and yeah, that was my costume. It was really cute. I liked it a lot. And I think I wore like Converse or Keds or something sure, like that. Like, yeah. yeah. That, oh my God, bitch, that is so cute. I really loved it. I, let's talk about our first Halloween together because I feel like that needs to be spoken about. Wait, you know what I'm talking about. It was freshman year of high school. What did I dress as? What did you dress as freshman year of high school? Heathers? No. Hamilton. No, that was that was later. No. What what did you dress as, bitch? Bitch, you fucking know. I wore oh, Legolas. Yeah. There so as per our last episode, Sarah was very into Lord of the Rings. And she was dressed as like, oh my god, I was the Fallout Boy album. You were the cover. Fallout Boy. I remember that album now. Cover. I don't know why I was like my ass was not oh, it's the it's the anxiety <laughs> She's setting in. Anyways, the first Halloween that me Liv and one of our other mutual friends celebrated together was it yeah it was freshman year of high school and we didn't like did we trick or treat question mark we did a little bit of walking with pillowcases I recall because we were at my house so and I have like a I live in like a pretty big neighborhood yes I think we maybe walked to our other friend's house from my house because I think that's what happened okay that makes sense because I'm like were we trick or treating all we watched Titanic 
Girl, we were always watching Titanic. Our asses were watching. You Titanic. were always watching Titanic. I I watched it for the first time with you. Me and that and friend. I like hadn't were seen it. Always watching Titanic. That is very true. Actually, that was the buried bridesmaids friend. That's the same friend. Yeah. Liv and her have been friends since like elementary school. And I joined the group a bit later. But yeah, that Halloween, I went as Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Yes. And I was the Fallout Boy American Beauty American Psycho album cover. How did I do that, you ask? Thank you for asking. (laughs) I just painted the stars and stripes on my face. It actually looked really, really good. It did look really Um, good. And then I wore normal clothes and my hair was down like normal. But it was... it ate. You conveyed the point. Yeah, I don't know if anyone knew what I was. But it doesn't I matter. Did. Everybody thought I was Katniss, so that was- I do want to briefly talk about though my Legolas costume because okay. one, it was pretty accurate, and <laughs> you were in like leggings and your regular like coat <laughs> and your wig. I didn't wear a wig. That was my hair. I just braided so your it. So your costume wasn't accurate at all. I was more talking about like the accessories. Like I made a little quiver. You did. You had a quiver of arrows and you had a bow and they those did pop off. They were they looked really nice. Yeah, thank you. And the rest um, of it was like regular because again, I didn't buy I wasn't buying a costume. I was never in a place of buying a costume. Well, no, and I didn't buy a costume that year either. I think after like I don't know, I think fifth grade was the last year I bought a costume. Yeah. I almost felt like cringe or like little kiddish to buy a costume. That's very Which fair. I was playing with Barbies until like seventh grade, so I don't know why I felt like <laughs> that was where I needed to draw the line. That's funny. I feel like it's not, but I think that age is a very strange time to be buying costumes because they either look like they're for a six-year-old, or for a 26-year-old. Okay, I do believe we need to get into it. We have talked about every Halloween costume we've ever worn. Yeah, you're right. I think it's about time. So, this is a long one, too. Oh my god, guys, these cats are being absolutely perfect right now, unfortunately. The cats in question are sitting perfectly still. We're gonna have to do, like, if we ever film this, we're gonna have to do, like, 15 cameras panoramic view of the room so people (laughs) can see what the cats are doing. It'll be, like, Five Nights at Freddy's style, where the person has to <laughs> just click through yeah. every single camera <laughs> so they can pick who they want to be watching. I can't believe you brought up FNAF. <laughs> it's because in my um, D&D group, we were watching FNAF videos before we started <laughs> Just playing. to get in the mood. No, <laughs> no because someone said, I want to watch the FNAF movie. And I was like, that sounds awful, but good for you. And then we were watching videos of Markiplier pay- playing it. Oh, d- bitch. Which was really so funny. funny. Markiplier. I used to play FNAF. Do you know FNAF lore? Nope, I don't. Everyone I drop your favorite bit. piece of FNAF lore in the chat. <laughs> I only know <laughs> no lore about like uh, things that don't matter to me because it's like, I don't know, it's interesting. It's like hearing other people's tea kind of. That's, that's kind of true. It's like, mean? oh yeah, you're into that. That's exciting. And then you can just kind of forget about it. Today we're going to be talking about Lord of the Flies and it's modern day Bechdel test passing counterpart yellow jacket <laughs> what a great way to introduce that other form of media yeah so um for those of you who don't know lord of the flies i can't fathom you don't know what lord of the flies is about but just in case um <laughs> just lord in case the- you've been literally living under a rock lord of the flies is about a group of boys who get stranded on an island and there's no adults with them and it's basically about them being like left to their own devices and sort of creating their own civilization and how it goes wrong, obviously. And Yellow Jackets is very similar, but it's about a group of girls who experiences the same thing. So there are a lot of similarities, but there are more notably a ton of differences in these two different pieces of media. Also, they were made like about 70 years apart, mm-hmm. which is very interesting to me as well. Yeah, I agree. 
it is interesting that we keep kind of revisiting the same theme of what would happen if humanity were literally stripped of all of its resources and inhibitions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for this episode, Sarah and I both read Lord of the Flies in ninth grade. We were in the same English class. And I watched Yellow Jackets uh, a couple months ago, and Sarah just watched Yellow Jackets for this episode, and I reread Lord of the Flies. So Sarah's going to be talking about Yellow Jackets, and I'm going to be talking more about Lord of the Flies. Yeah. And we both really liked Lord of the Flies when we read it in ninth grade. Yeah, I was kind of gagged by Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I fear I was gagged by Lord <laughs> of the Flies. <laughs> um. I don't know. The concept is very interesting. And I do remember thinking to myself, girl, it would not happen like this if it were girls on that island. Oh, and absolutely. I, I think we probably had a conversation about that when we read the book. Sarah and I were also very, like, very, very feminist in high school. Not that we're not now, but it was a different brand of feminism, I fear. Right. It was a moderately unnuanced and uneducated form of feminism. Yeah, because it was a lot of, like, you know, seeing a post on Pinterest or Instagram about feminism. For sure. Because I remember when I first learned about feminism and, like, learned about, like, the gender pay gap, I was enraged for, like, days. And I, like, and no one seemed to care as much as I did about it. I was, like, they are not paying women as much as men. And every adult that I, like, spoke with about it was, like, yeah. I feel like somehow, though, that is, like, the purest form of feminism. It's yes, like being a young woman and discovering it for yourself is so something that can be so personal. Absolutely. And, like, getting your first period and realizing how fucking terrible it is to just have to pretend like it's not happening. Yeah. And just going about your daily life is yeah, crazy. Discovering, we'll probably do, like, a full episode on that or, like, we'll talk more extensively about it. But discovering feminism as a young woman like kind of on your own because feminism wasn't introduced to me by like a specific adult. Or Absolutely. I like, I like just stumbled upon it myself and it was such an experience. Like I, it was like not horrible, but it was just, I don't know. Yeah, definitely feminism and our takes on feminism and how they've changed will be a recurring theme throughout yeah. this podcast. Just cause you know, we are, we are women. Um, and, and feminism was a big part of our personalities. And like our belief systems. It in truly high was. And it definitely influenced the way that we learned and read and experienced books. the media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about kind of the setup for Lord of the Flies? When the book first opens for Lord of the Flies, we start with our main character. No, if the main character actually this is just a literature, like a kind of a grammar thing. Is the main character, like the narrator, always the protagonist? I guess not necessarily, but I think usually yes. I just didn't know if I wanted to call him the protagonist because I'm not necessarily sure that he is, but he is sort of the character. I think that's... he is kind of written to be. I think so too. Yeah. You open the word protagonist, Ralph, and he's, he has found himself on this island and it's, not clear exactly how it's happened. He refers to him and the other boys who I'll mention in a moment being dropped into the island. And he's sort of looking around and he meets another boy who has been quote unquote dropped into the island whose name he learns is Piggy, which is very mean because Piggy is described as like a little fat boy with glasses who has asthma. Terrible. 
I do feel very sympathetic for the character Piggy, unfortunately. I do think he's very mistreated and he's just trying to like be a boy with the rest of them and Me it's too. very hard for him. He absolutely is bullied. I do remember that. Yeah, P- Piggy gets cleared many a time. And they're like, not in a good way. Him. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not and it's not even funny when you're reading it. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And one of the first things that Ralph does is he like gets naked. Which is what crazy. I don't remember that. That's crazy. Well, I know because, and it's, I think it's sort of a, oh my God. Do you remember talking about the id, ego, and super ego? Oh! It's just that yes. hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. Girl. I do remember talking about that and I forgot that it was with this book. Yeah. So I believe that the id is described as like the most like primal subconscious part of yourself that it sort is. of is animalistic. It is. And then the ego is. Oh, beans. I don't know. I feel like the ego balances between the superego and the... Because the superego is, like, compelling you to use manners and follow societal expectation. Mm-hmm. And I think the ego is the balance between the two... Or the ego is, your, like, your conscious mind, maybe? Yes. Okay, so according to study.com... Okay. Very, very simplistic version of these three things, but... The id is the impulsive part of your personality yeah. driven by pleasure, repulsed by pain. The superego is the judgmental and morally correct part of your mm-hmm. personality. And the ego is the conscious part of your personality that kind of mediates between those two. So I think this is representative of the id very, very much because the boys, Piggy and Ralph, quickly find a conch shell. They use the conch shell to like they blow into the conch shell and it makes like a very loud sound and all of the other boys who have been dropped into the island come to them. Like they really are following this call. That's crazy. And one of them is like, where's the adult that blew on the shell? And he's like, there's no adults. It's just us. And all of the boys are geeked to find this out. And as the boys are coming to them, many of them are also naked. What I would like to point out is that none of them lost their clothes in the accident that lands them on this island. They just are, they have just been taking their clothes off immediately upon entrance. That is so interesting. I know. And so, like, truly the first emotion they felt was excitement, which is, which is very interesting. And it is important to note that these boys are between the ages of approximately like six and 12. So they're pretty young. That is really young. I thought they were young, but I thought maybe they were up to like 14 or 15 I mean maybe the oldest of them is 14 but they're they're mostly like young and a lot of the boys are like little boys like they're like six years old Mm -hmm. so they're at this island and they don't really know what to do but they know that there aren't adults and we learn that the context of them arriving to this island is they were being evacuated from their homes in England I believe that they were from London um because of like a war and their plane crashed and the wreckage was dragged into the ocean. So there's no mm-hmm. like plane carcass. Gotcha. And the pilot of the plane is gone. There's no adults on the island. And the boys sort of realize that because they were being evacuated from a war-torn country, no one is really going to be able to check if they got to their destination because they kind of have right. bigger things to worry about. Maybe they didn't even know where they were going. Like it wasn't they realize that no one is really looking for them right away. Yeah, because honestly, I guess then, like, the biggest issue in their country, like, their home life is the war that's going on. It's not, gee, I hope my son is okay, because they think their son is okay. Exactly. Because they evacuated him. And they're that's, like, they're like, God, he's gone, we we're out. good, we have to deal with this now, right? right. So 
That's which so is, interesting. Which is very interesting. So now can you, Sarah, talk to us a little bit about the beginning part of Yellow Jackets? Yeah. So when the thing about Yellow Jackets is it alternates between two different um, like timelines. Uh, so the only part we're really going to focus on is the top, like the part of the show where the girls are actually like in the wilderness. Right. Um, the remainder of the show shows them as adults and like I think it's 25 years into the future yeah, and kind of the like consequences and coping mechanisms and repercussions that their lives in the wilderness have on like their lives as fully functioning adults mostly functioning um, mostly adults, functioning as fully fledged adults I yeah think, um with families and careers and and such the girls, I think it is important to note one major difference is that all of the girls in Yellow Jackets do know each other. They are on a soccer team and they're flying to uh, a national championship. So they're like super excited, really nervous, tensions kind of running high mm-hmm. among the team because they're, um, you know, trying to make good plans for the game. You know, I don't know shit about soccer, but you know. <laughs> they're planning things out and they're, you know, really stressed about the game. So when their plane crashes, they do actually like keep the wreckage and there is like immediately a fire that kills several people immediately. And also both of the pilots and one of their coaches dies during the crash. So as soon as they crash, there is death and loss. Um, which is, I think, different from Lord of the Flies. Yeah, their immediate first emotion in Yellow Jackets is like horror and like terror and panic. Absolutely. And in Lord of the Flies, it's like, oh, this beautiful island and like these platforms of pink rock. That's and, very like, true. The beautiful ocean and it's sunny and it's lovely and there's fresh fruit and you know, so it's it's very very different right off the bat. Yeah. Um, the boys in, because you, you said the girls in Yellow Jackets all know each other. The boys mm-hmm. in Lord of the Flies do not all know each other. Some yeah, of them do, right. but they all came from like different schools. So there are a couple groups of boys that knew each other from their schools, but like most gotcha. of them don't know each other. Yeah. So immediately that's a difference as well, where like they're sort of making friends and forming relationships right there. And mm-hmm. in Yellow Jackets, those relationships already exist. That's very true. Um, Another important aspect to consider is that there is one adult that remains among the Yellow Jackets. Oh, the Yellow Jackets is their school mascot, by the way. I don't even know. Yeah, that's even, what their I haven't team even said is that. called. So that's what their team is called. That's why the show is called that. So I can, like, the girls are also the Yellow Jackets. Um, so there is one adult that remains among them. One of their soccer coaches does survive. And he's, like, kind of a young man. He, I would say he's yeah. probably, like, 25. Probably. Maybe that makes sense. 30, Maybe 30. Somewhere in between there, I would say. Yeah, he's like definitely old, definitely considerably older than the high school girls. Um, but young enough that one of them is ending up, ends up kind of being like, but is he kind of cute? No, literally, she's crazy. Um, and then there are two other boys also. The coach that dies in the plane crash, his two sons survive. And they are not, a, like, obviously not a part of the team at all. Um, but one of them is the same age as the girls. And they do go to school with him, so and they, they know him. They do know him. And they do also end up kind of the, doing the little Debbie Ryan ear tuck to him. They're like, wait, is he kind of... Yeah, there's a couple that, yeah. So the, the, I know, I feel like there's a little bit of the hormones are kind of running high amongst the girls in a couple different scenes. Absolutely. Like, there is, they also talk 
they don't talk. They show the girls all their periods all sync up. Yes. And they have like a week where they're all on their periods. And so that's a very interesting, like, I feel like they talk about the hormones not in a way of like, these bitches are crazy, but kind of in a way of like, it is affecting them in like a very real way. Absolutely. Yeah. And they are all like bitching about their periods and going through the like pains of also like not having pads or tampons. Yeah, they're washing rags, like, off to reuse them. And, like, one girl is washing all the rags. And it's just, like, blood on blood on blood. Literally. I will say, also, I think that one important distinction, or, like, I see as a huge difference between the boys in Lord of the Flies and the girls in Yellow Jackets, is that I feel the division of labor was, like, Mm -hmm. much more um, thought out and... um, appropriate in yellow jackets than it was in lord of the flies well that's definitely true and i think there's a couple reasons for that number one the girls are mostly seniors in high school there are a couple girls who are a couple years younger but the main characters are all seniors um and the boys because they didn't know each other they split up into these really weird and awkward groups so like there's a group of boys that are all from one school and they are like take on the role of being the hunters and also like the keepers of this fire that they create at the top of a mountain mm-hmm. in order to have a constant smoke signal running in case a ship comes by so that they 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 are noticed. That is one thing the girls in yellow jackets did not do. They did not be making a smoke signal. The things about the thing about the girls in yellow jackets is they aren't there's they're not trying to get rescued as hard as the boys are in Lord of the Flies. That is actually kind of a good point. I think it's because though it is set in more modern day. So I think they are assuming that clearly people are looking for them and clearly they will be found. Right. The boys are employing like almost like Boy Scouty sort of techniques. Yeah. And the girls are like building a little commune almost, it feels. They like, really are. Way. It's almost like they're establishing a more like daily routine. As where the boys to... are like just be- they just are doing shit and yeah. it gets to a point in the story where it's been weeks and they still haven't built shelters the boys that is and so they're annoyed because they everyone isn't helping essentially like yeah the, the hunting boys are off hunting and then when they get back from hunting they go play in the woods yeah and the young boys aren't helping because they're little and they're playing on the beach so there's like three older boys who are trying to build the shelters and it's not going well and they're sunburnt and they're like they keep eating rotten fruit. Like the little kids are eating rotten fruit. So they're always having diarrhea. And it's, there's not a lot of like, also no one is checking up on the little kids. They say in the book that like the little oh kids God. kind of stay out of the way of the, the older boys. They're like, they're just kind of, they've just kind of fucked off and are minding their own business um, and staying out of our way until like we call a meeting and they come and they help us for like five minutes and then they like go back to what they were doing. Yeah. So the little boys are just playing and they're eating rotten fruit and they're pooping. Um and the hunters that island are, fucking stinks. That island reeks. <laughs> well, and it probably reeks anyway because it's a bunch of adolescent boys no, and for sure. they do not have deodorant and they are sunburnt. Damn. Imagine the smell. Imagine the stench. Well, actually, I feel like the girls' island probably is a little bit bad as well. That's because they're also but pissing they, in a bucket. Yeah, but they did also have most of their luggage, which contained hygiene products. You would assume, but you never see them changing outfits or anything. In the beginning, a little bit. They do. Yeah, a little bit. And then I think a lot it of it, though, cold. it got cold. So they have to be wearing layered. the same coats. Right. Because they, like, weren't prepared for winter when they packed for their soccer championship. That the boys in Lord of the Flies did not have shelter. I forgot that that was kind of a major plot point. Um, but the girls in Yellow Jackets do actually find 
shelter. I think for the first like little bit, they kind of They're are sleeping kind of in like the plane out of the plane. Yeah, yeah, because the plane carcass is there, but it did like burn up like halfway. Yeah, so, so it's it's open to the air and that sort of thing. It's not like a full plane with like doors that latch and stuff. Like right. it's, it's you know. But it's like it is still shelter. So they kind of are like partially sleeping in that. They kind of like fashion small shelters for themselves as best they can. Um, but then they stumble across a cabin in the woods uh, that's pretty close to a lake. So then they have a water source and they can yes. clean themselves. And that is really the only time when they get naked. They do get naked in the lake. Yeah, they have this moment. They don't get naked. They get no, they, it's like right. bra and panties kind yeah. of a thing. But they do they, the okay, like yeah. they almost feel like a, a very id level of like relief and excitement. Yes, and it's when they find childlike. the water. Yeah. Yes, they all immediately like strip off their clothes and they're so excited that there's water because they've been kind of wandering around in the forest for a couple days. Oh, also. Yellow Jackets takes place in, like, a coniferous forest, I would say. Yes. And Lord of the Flies takes place on what I would call, like, a tropical island. Yeah. So very different climates and very like different resources. Like a jungle, resources. almost. Yes. Yeah. So there's fruit in Lord of the Flies that's available. And in, um, it's, it's like, berries. Right. And like on, hardly. And in Lord of the Flies, <laughs> there's pigs, which you'll know if you run from them. Um. Yes famously famously there are pigs. famously there are pigs and then on in uh yellow jackets it's just like other various like forest games so like there's probably a bear or two yeah they kill a bear remember? oh my god they kill a bear they kill a bear and then that there's thing a moose. was fucking crazy there's, there's a, moose a moose and there's deer there's that deer. sort of thing yeah um you know squirrels and birds and that sort of thing so it's a, it is a different environment in both books as well which isn't I don't think it's a huge deal, but it is it is a little bit notable in this moment. Yeah, definitely. So they do find shelter and they live in that cabin for most of the time that they spend in the woods, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, they do end up spending 19 months out in the wilderness, which is a crazy long time. Yes. And in Lord of the Flies, it actually isn't specified how long they're there, but... It does say that the boys, some of the boys' hair is growing longer and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's like at least enough time for there to be noticeable changes to their bodies and stuff like that. Right. So like um, at least a few months. Precisely. Precisely. Like a few months. And you can kind of tell that like tensions get higher and higher with the boys as the months go on because there's like a lot of frustration and like sort of division between two people that they think should be leaders and different ideas of how, you know, things should be run and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think a sim- similar tensions start arising in Yellow Jackets as well. So let's talk about truly, I think, what the heart of both of these books, pieces of media are, you know, like what happens when those primal and feral instincts take over. In Lord of the Flies, it manifests in this idea that there is a beastie on the island. That's what they call yeah. it, a beastie. A beastie. Um, and the young boys right off the bat are afraid that there's a beastie on the island. Um, Interesting. Because I think they see – there are lots of vines in the jungle that they're in, and the mm-hmm. young boys, like, on their way to that first meeting see, like, a, like something that looks like it's moving, like a big snake. Ooh. Um, and there, it's never confirmed if there is or isn't a snake, right? Mm -hmm. But they're afraid immediately of this, like beastie, of like a monster, of a monster. Yeah, yes, there's a monster lurking on the island, and as the, as like 
almost delirium sort of kicks in with these boys and son is really, you know, beating on their backs and they're yeah. constantly having food poisoning. And, you know, like it's just, and, and everyone is arguing the fear of this like beastie picks up and is sort of running rampant between all of the boys. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like, especially if everyone around you kind of has that fear, even if you're not so quote unquote scared of monsters or you can logically think no there's no giant enormous fucking snake here right. that doesn't make sense seeing everybody around you like feel that fear absolutely and like not necessarily being able to say without a doubt that there is no creature yeah and the main character ralph does get frustrated because in the very beginning he says there's no beastie on the island and then the other main the other character jack who is sort of his opposition that Half of the boys want to follow him and the other half want to follow Ralph and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Says, we'll check and make sure there isn't a beastie on the island. And Ralph is like, there isn't a fucking beastie. We don't yeah, have to we check. We don't need to check. Just go kill some food for right. us to eat. And he's, so immediately that seed of doubt is planted, right? Like Ooh. from, right from the beginning. Presence in Yellow Jackets a little bit. In Yellow Jackets, I think that fear is very similar but it manifests in more of a, a spiritual and supernatural way, which I think is really interesting. Um, it also kind of shows the difference between like little boys' imaginations and older girls' imaginations. Because truly the horrors that like little boys are comprehending are like a creature. A big old snake. A big old gorilla. Yeah. And the horrors that these women are possibly facing are they have they have looked death in the eyes now several times with people that they care about right and then when they come across the cabin there is a dead body in it who is it is a skeleton there is yeah it is a skeleton but there is a dead person in the cabin and so immediately there is kind of this fear that maybe the cabin is haunted Mm -hmm. um but as time goes on and one of the characters in particular, uh, her name is Charlotte or Lottie. They all call her Lottie. She um, is very much in tune with kind of nature and the spiritual world and the wilderness. And this really solidifies like among the other girls, like the other girls start viewing her as kind of a spiritual presence when she kills this bear um, which literally charges at the cabin and then stops right in front of Lottie and she cuts its throat. Yep. And then they eat it and they have food for like months. Yeah. And the bear, it is almost as if the bear sacrifices itself to her, mm. which is wild. And if I were a young woman in the woods who saw that, I would start believing in something well, bigger than myself. Well, and after so many weeks and months and being so fucking hungry and literally so much food to eat. That's a big part of it, too, is the girls constantly are battling hunger. Constantly battling hunger. They are constantly battling. And Lord of the Flies, that isn't quite as big a deal. Yeah, that's there's interesting. Like, there's a frustration that they can't hunt the pigs the way that they want to. Mm-hmm. But they do have the fruit and stuff. Like, they're not starving. Yes. And they also do mm-hmm. have a gun in Yellow Jackets. Yeah, it's and in the cabin. It comes with the cabin. Yes, it, it comes with the cabin. Very convenient, actually. I kind of want them to survive, I fear. I would be believing Lottie a little bit if I were there, unfortunately. Yeah, so we are going to talk about that 
So let's talk about Jessica. I don't want to spoil the end of either book. I don't need it. I don't um, either. But I do. So, but I think in general we need to talk about like the level of violence that occurs. Yeah. So there is or to become fucking insane in Lord of the Flies is really the best way I can put it. They. <laughs> yeah. So the group that's what I remember that there's a very like meek and quiet character who's very well liked. His name is Simon. Um, we thought he was gay, and I don't know why. We thought he was gay, and we thought he and Ralph were in love in ninth grade, and I don't really know what put that seed of idea in our head, because when I reread it, I was like, I'm not getting that subtext at all, but... Um, but we were also, like, very much looking for subtext when there wasn't any. Yeah, and we were also all reading fan fiction at the time, so it was kind of just point. a thing of, like, maybe they're gay. <laughs> maybe they're gay. So there's a big uh, point of contention and frustration where the group of uh, boys who's a hu- who are hunters can't kill a pig and they're like the island is rife with pigs and they're just not able to kill one mostly because they're 12 um <laughs> and all they have is like what a knife maybe they ha- yeah they have a knife and then i think they end up fashioning spears or something like that yeah so okay. they're having a hard time killing a pig but they finally kill a pig and they bring it back and it's this really really big and important moment and um in that moment they like behead the pig and they put its head on like a stake and the very quiet character, Simon, later goes to that pig head and sees it, like, covered in flies. And okay, he... Flies. Okay, flies. You you might see where it's going now. <laughs> so he, like, deems this pig lord of the flies. And Simon is sort of has been, like, hallucinating a little bit leading up to this. I yeah. think he's just, like, having a hard time on the island. Maybe... <laughs> Simon's unwell. Simon I do remember having... that. And Simon, to me, is very lotty. He's a very lotty figure because in... Yellow jackets, they show flashbacks of Lottie like having like violent hallucinations. Yeah. And, like, um, That's true. Vi- Lottie is shown at the beginning of the time that they're on the island taking a prescription, which is inevitably going to run out. And it's kind of assumed that it's antipsychotic medication. Yeah. So Lottie's off her meds. Lottie is off the meds. Um, so she and Simon really do remind me of each other because they're that having a similar a experience. And I like so that. He, he has this like vision of the pig head and it's like telling him he is the Lord of the Flies. The pig head itself is the Lord of the Flies. That's so scary. Girl, imagine you're 12. I remember reading that and being scared. Yeah, it was very unsettling to read, I, re- I remember. And so he like passes out and he comes to this realization. <laughs> he, he's out. And he comes to this realization that there is no beast on the island, but the beast is sort of all of the boys and like within themselves and like the fear and the arguing and all of that. Damn. Simon he, was woke. Simon was, and he woke up and he was like, oh my God, I've got to tell the others. I have to tell my boyfriend Ralph. I have to tell um, my boyfriend Ralph. And so he emerges back onto the beach where they're cooking and eating this pig. Now they're like feasting on this pig and they've been hungry. Like Rounding yeah, on the they pig. haven't had protein in like months. It's it's assumed. So they are like feverishly, fiendishly, in a very animalistic way, chowing down on this pig. <laughs> and to town on they this. They are going to on town. this hog. <laughs> they are crazy. Simon emerges back in the jungle, and notably, Simon has like long black hair that sort of falls into his face. And as he's emerging from the shadowy jungle, mm. he looks like the beastie. And the boys are all in their like animalistic, like like absolutely like carnal moment. They see him and they think he's the BC, and they positively tear him apart with their fingers and teeth, like limb from limb. Oh my 
god which i had completely forgotten about until i reread it i was shocked i forgot it was that violent i like remembered that he died but i couldn't remember how they tear him apart bitch that's fucking crazy yeah that is very similar to a scene that occurs in yellow jackets with travis 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 is the boy that's their age Travis um, is the boy the only, their Yeah, age. the only boy their age on the island. So I won't spoil too, too much about um, how it, they sort of get there. Right. But there, so there's this one really, I think, very important scene and also turning point yeah. in Yellow Jackets where they have this like little homecoming dance for themselves and they all dress up because they brought dresses for like the, the banquet the banquet of the soccer championship so they all put on their little dresses and they like do each other's makeup. do each other's makeup yes it's really cute they make little flower crowns this is things. the last time in the show that they're happy by the way honestly yes yeah um that's a that's a good point yeah um one of the characters has like tried to make wine out of like some random fruit so there are like huge jars of like potentially alcohol yeah and so they're drinking that and they make soup and somehow I won't tell you how because it's kind of a spoiler but the soup ends up with shrooms in it yeah and so all of the girls are on shrooms without knowing it actually everybody but one character ends up on shrooms on shrooms I don't know what actually like clicks but where they all are sort of they've cornered travis the only boy on the island that's like an eligible bachelor to them essentially mm-hmm. and they like they, they all start like kissing him they're kissing him and they're like caressing him yeah and, and he's also on shrooms he's also on shrooms and he's very uncomfortable it is important to note that travis did not consent to this activity yeah. He's very, very uncomfortable. And he's not really into any of the girls. There is one girl that he kind of has a thing going with. I guess two of them, technically. But there's one girl that he actually really cares about. And then... And she's not involved in this at all. No, she's not. She is notoriously not on shrooms in this. Yes. So, and then all of a sudden their touches turn into grabs. Yeah. And their kisses almost turn into like bites. Yes, that's and right. They become all of a sudden so primal and so carnal. Yes, and, and it shows that they are kind of hallucinating that he looks like a deer. Yes. And so the character um Shauna, who's kind of like the main character, I think. I think Shauna's the main um, character. Um Shauna really is the main character in She's the Ralph. She is the Ralph a little bit. She's kind of the Ralph. Um I, I feel like actually I feel like Thais is more Ralph. Well, no, but like just in terms of their oh, in terms of prototype, yeah. Um, Shauna, who is kind of the main character, is the only character with um a knife in the show, and she notoriously cuts up all the food. She butchers all of the animals and after they've been killed, yes, and then cuts up all of the meat and everything, which is kind of random because she doesn't seem like that kind of girl at first, but then she ends up being really good at it and weirdly really enjoying it. So, yeah, she's kind of in her bag with the cutting up of the meats. She really is. And she do be like, she really do be dressing the animals. It's crazy. Yeah, she does well with it. Um, So they are all like encouraging her to kill Travis. Mm-hmm. And it's a very scary moment because Travis is also hallucinating. So and he's like stuck in the position that he's in. He like can't, they don't tie him up. But no, he, but he's just like sitting and is stuck and he's paralyzed stuck. by an unseen force. 
then eventually he ends up getting out and running into the woods and all of the girls chase after and him. they call it like the hunt they do they are literally saying that they are hunting him and they're howling and they're screaming yes and it's very it becomes and their very dresses, quickly very animalistic yeah and their dresses are getting kind of ripped in the forest and they're still wearing these like crowns of flowers and bones and yes. things it's very it's very beautiful to watch but also very horrific and it, and I think if they had the chance, they would have torn him apart with their hands like like they did to Simon in Lord of the Flies. I think they absolutely would have. I think and if I, they had gotten the opportunity, that's where that would have gone. I think so too. And I don't I don't honestly remember how that ended, but it doesn't matter and it would probably be he a spoiler. Lived. He lived, bitch. He does survive. Yeah. Um, and he is like traumatized. Yeah, it's kind of a whole thing afterward, but yeah, but all of the men end up absolutely terrified of the women yeah. that are there. I think that's a very, so we're not going to talk too much about the ends of the stories, mostly because Yellow Jackets hasn't ended yet. Um, And the boys basically like end up returning. There's a little bit more killing. They end up returning to civilization. Um, Yeah, a couple more of them die, I feel like, right? Yeah, Piggy dies um, and a little boy dies. Oh my God. Um, You know, people are dying, unfortunately, and people die in Yellow Jackets as well. A couple more people in Yellow Jackets die, but we're not going to spoil I mean, if you haven't read Lord of the Flies, you've had uh, your entire life because it's been out longer than anyone has been alive. Oh, that's not true. If you're 70 years old. (laughs) Yeah, it came out in what, like 1952? Oh, something like that. Yeah. So, conclusion. Do do women handle being in the wilderness better than boys or better than men? I don't necessarily think so. I don't necessarily think so either. Realistically... If you were in the wilderness, what do you think would happen? I'd kill myself, dude. I fear I would also kill myself. Actually, probably not. What role do you feel that you would most naturally fall into, though? Not necessarily a role that's, like, specified in Yellow Jackets, but, like, if you were to, like, assign yourself a role. Um, I would probably either be cooking Mm -hmm. or, um performing like medical care I think you would be a medical care stress yeah yeah I did famously go to one semester of nursing school (laughs) that's so true um she is most qualified to perform medical care out of out of the people I know yes (laughs) and then and I also don't get grossed out by like wounds and blood and broken bones and things like that so I feel be okay with dealing with that stuff yeah, and I think as a, for in terms of myself, I think if I were in the Lord of the Flies situation, I would absolutely be looking after the young kids. That would definitely be my yeah, role. for sure. I think if I were in more of a Yellow Jacket situation, I think I would be a caretaker, um, maybe in like just a different sort of way. So like, maybe that would be like helping you sort of, but not mm-hmm. like stitching up a wound as much as like, go get more rags sort of a thing. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> yeah, boiling sure. water and making sure that areas are clean and that sort of thing. I don't think I could be a hunter. Yeah. I think you could be like doing laundry. Girl, I could be doing, I would be doing the laundry. I would be getting water and that sort of thing is really, yeah. I feel like, um, cause I couldn't, I couldn't hunt. I just, it's just like, I'm not running. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. I definitely couldn't hunt. I don't think... And I'm also not quiet. I'm not a quiet person, unfortunately. I am very loud. Yeah. I also... I don't think I could become proficient with a gun that quickly. 
I don't really see either of us as huntresses. And I definitely couldn't be cutting up the animals and like, um, I like figuring either. that out. I could organize like a food store of other sorts of food. Yeah. But not a raw meat bitch. Yeah. Definitely. You not. all know how I feel about raw meat. That's true. I would kill myself on that island because I'd be so afraid I would get food poisoning that I'd rather just die than get the food poisoning. That's so funny. Actually, that's fair. I would be, I think I would be cooking if I wasn't. Yeah. Like, when I wasn't tending to wounds. Because, like, not everybody... Like, there isn't always These a bitches aren't dish. wounded all the time. No, literally. I feel like I could be cooking because I feel like I can I can make a meal out of scraps. You know? Yeah. Remain in Yellow Jackets when they have been without protein for so fucking long that they cook a belt. Oh, I <laughs> forgot about the belt. They cook a belt. They make belt soup, bitch. And they drink it and they eat it. They do try and chew on the belt. It doesn't really work, but they do do it. I would do that. That's something I would have done at age 12. Like, can we cook this belt? <laughs> you remember, did you ever, like, Eat pretend a belt? you were, like, surviving in the woods? Because I did. Oh, bitch, me and Hannah were in our bag. I love The other thing that we did was pretend we were orphans. Oh, absolutely. We were always orphans. Uh, we were, what is it about young girls and always being orphans? Or, like, having some tragedy occur to them. Like, if you're playing mermaids, it's like, okay, so our coral reef got destroyed. <laughs> and it's like, why, bitch, like, just be a mermaid? All of our playing pretend started with a tragic backstory. It had to, girl. It really did. And I feel like more time was spent setting up the backstory than actually playing pretend. 100%. <laughs> and more time was spent being like, okay, pretend it. And then we would say, like, what? Okay, pretend that I have really long purple hair. Yeah. And it's like, you're so an true. orphan on the streets of Paris why would you have long purple it's, hair oh, why is it always on the streets of like a different country yeah bitch and we're like begging for bread or whatever That's we're like so eating a hunk funny. of bread and then you go down to the kitchen and you're like mom do you have a hunk of bread and she's like why the fuck would I have a hunk of bread <laughs> that's so funny I in my yard in Indiana and me and my brother would again pretend to be orphaned children and it produced sap and so we would pretend like the sap was like nutritious and food and like we could eat it we didn't actually eat it but like I distinctly remember scrubbing my hands with dish soap to get the sap off because it doesn't just come off no regular hands sap is actually way stickier than you think it is you guys will be shocked at how sticky sticky you guys (laughs) you guys will be shocked when you realize how sticky sap is yeah I had a a tree near my house that uh produced crab apples and it was a similar phenomena we had one of those little, like, berry trees also. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I had a bush that produced red holly berries. Ooh, scary. So glad. Did you eat them? I tried to. Damn. Well, actually, Holly was, is poisonous. Actually, a lot of... Uh, we had several red holly berry bushes in front of our house. And a lot of our time was spent being like, do you think you can eat these berries? And we'd pick them, <laughs> and then we'd, like, mush them. And, like, it was a lot of, like, should we eat these? And it was always, like, a no. It ended up being, like, no, we probably shouldn't. Um, And then we would, like, ask an adult, and they'd be like, I don't know. Like you with your raw beef. You're just reenacting the same thing. Should I eat these? You smell it. You like mash yeah, I like it. I put it, it in the pan. Maybe you I just... add some olive oil and it's like, no, bitch, I can't eat these. You ask an adult and they're like, yeah, probably. I and... call my mom and I'm like, should I eat this beef? And she's like, probably. How does it smell? And I'm like, I don't eat it. <laughs> it smells, I smell like beef. Oh my God. My mom and I reference that video all the time. That's so funny. You know, that's the same girl as the It's Freaking Bats. Yes. No. Gooped and gagged by her. She's uh, she's not, she's older now. She's she's like 13. I have she's seen like on her like new. She's funny. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So 
Um, in conclusion, I don't think anyone is very good at surviving in the wilderness. Certainly not people whose prefrontal cortexes haven't fully developed. No, absolutely. I think and even if you put grown pe- grown morally sound people into the woods, it would still devolve in a similar way. New Mr. Beast video just dropped. That is something that I put a hundred mentally sound adults in a forest for a hundred days. You won't believe what happens. Not clickbait. I hate so much for listening. Uh, comment which island you would rather be on: the Yellow Jackets Island, also, Ooh. or the Lord of the Flies Island. Keep in mind, everyone is murderous on both islands. <laughs> you and will you, probably die. And on if either... you do something wrong, they will kill you. That is possible. On either island, but if you go to the boy island, you have an age advantage. That's very true. Either way, you're probably going to get torn apart limb from limb, but one will be in like a weirdly holy way, and one will be in a carnal teenage boy way. So, wait, which island would you rather be on really quick? Because I do. I have a very solid answer. Tell me your very solid answer. I It would 100% be the Lord of the Flies island. Really? They're suffering much less. They're just being stupid. That's very true. I think part of the narrative or like part of the narration of Lord of the Flies, though, is so heavily focused on how terrible the other boys are and not so much whatever suffering the characters are going through. Yeah, but those are middle schoolers, girl. I can, I, I've taught middle schoolers. That's true. That's a good point. They would listen to me. That's true. They would view you as an adult. I think that would provide some sort of advantage and you could also probably explain away like there is no beast also if there is a beast what are we going to do about it yeah very true that's a good point i guess i probably would too i think i'm more fit for the um the environment of yellow jackets and i would like to have a cabin unfortunately well that's true i just feel like it wouldn't be that hard to build shelter it's also just that the boys are bad at it that's a good and point. it's cold in Yellow Jackets for half the story. And on Lord of the Flies, it's not cold. That's true. And I think surviving the cold is like a problem. It absolutely is. That's what like kind of the major. A big plot point is. That's very true. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I would prefer Lord of the Flies. Yeah. I guess like if I had to fucking choose. Also, they were there for way less time. So. <laughs> right. But I'm just thinking more like environment wise, I feel. Yeah. Than like you're dropped into the story. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Bye, Sarah. Bye, Sarah. Bye, man. Thanks for listening. Bye.